Let us pray. Our good and gracious Lord, it is a gorgeous day. We're so glad to um, gather together to thank you for sometimes we take for granted all the wonderfulness in our lives. And sometimes we need to just uh, stop and say, wow, we are blessed. You are a giving God, a generous God, and we want to please you. So many times we are selfish about how to do that and do only what pleases us. Today, may we hear your word and may we truly be challenged by it, but known we are loved also by you. In your name we pray. Amen. I like to collect sayings. Maybe some of you do the same thing. I find a good saying and it's often on a refrigerator magnet. I have countless magnets all over my refrigerator with great little sayings to frame life, tweak your behavior here and there, polish it a little over there, or give myself a little dig about what I am not doing. For instance, I chose a refrigerator magnet for you all this morning that um, is something that is said by a person I really don't know, James M. Berry. But his line is this, those who bring sunshine into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. Those who bring sunshine into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. Does Mr. Berry's observation square with your own experience? It may be true for those sainted souls from our church who have been spending multiple nights sleeping on the floor uh, to accompany our guests from the hospitality network this past month. They are temporary homeless folks, and so we need to have someone here available to them for needs overnight. If you slept one night on the deflating air mattress, or two, or even three, I'll look over in this direction, I think there's a few takers there, God bless you. I bet it left a lasting impression on you, pardon the pun, forgive the pun, to make that stay over that um, amount of time. You are really appreciated. And uh, maybe it also made those of you who did stay or bring food reflect on your own blessings, on your homestead, your luxurious homestead, however modest it may be, on the foods that you do have to eat, on the bills that are kind of mostly paid up, because at any time this could happen, we think, to ourselves where we are caught and we would be at the mercy of some other organization to help us. But when you welcome guests, guests who've fallen on hard times, and make them feel special and cared for, I imagine your sunshine shown to them, in turn, lit a little fire of satisfaction and warmth in your heart as well. When Roy and Donna Johnson this week were signed up to bring their meals <clears throat> for dinner to our church family at the Motel 6 here, uh, Donna was aghast at the kitchen because it was a little bit messy and out of order. But without a word or a complaint or gathering a huge task force, the next morning she silently packed up her little cleaning kit and her bag full of Lysol spray cans and sponges and cleansers and marched over to our church kitchen to whip and polish everything into perfect condition. And she felt better, I know. Even sunshiny inside, 
for doing it. Well, there's a wise bit of advice that coming, that's coming to us today from the Bible lesson in James. I like the book of James. Martin Luther wasn't real fond of it. He thought it was a little works righteousness oriented, not so much grace. But once in a while, I think we need a little thump on the head, myself included. And James is a pretty good one to do it. And in the reading this morning, he is saying, um, uh, I'm sure you got the point, maybe from the children's sermon, but he's saying this, every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above. And then he adds, everyone, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness, but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves, and you will be blessed in your doing. Be doers of the word. Now, it's only the first chapter in James' uh, epistle there, and so chapter 1, verse 17 He's already addressing what must be some unrest, some conflict brewing in his congregation, in the community. Yes, way back then at the beginning, they had the same troubles we all do. Sadly, it's not a rare dynamic in churches. Wherever people gather with different backgrounds, cultures, teachers, opinions, plus interpretations of scripture, you're set up for some disagreements. Plus, our diverse society is ripe with topics for debate every day, every hour, and many are frustrated about this in many arenas. Social media is tweeting out at midnight different infuriating, uh, disrespectful ways of speaking about each other 24 hours a day again. It can keep us churning and angry all the time. Yet in a different era, James, without social media, seems to have the similar challenge in keeping church folks at peace and respectful and, as he says, bridling their tongues. When we don't speak respectfully to each other, says James, our religion is worthless Ouch. When we don't speak respectfully to each other, our religion is worthless. But I take this reprimand to heart because as I've had days to reflect and internalize on this reading, I know that it is sometimes above all we pastors who can hurt and alienate parishioners by our tone, by our lack of response to a need, by our preaching and the themes we use, and even chosen missions that we give priority. When our actions day to day with all of you don't harmonize with what we say from the scripture up front, that what we believe Christ is asking from us, it can be disillusioning at best. And whenever this is true, And I know that it happens, without a doubt. I truly want you to hear my apology. 
As Professor Carolyn Lewis says uh, from uh, St. Paul Seminary, the Lutheran Seminary, about this James text, what you say and what you do are not separate from who you are. What you say and what you do are not separate from who you are, period, she says. Your words and actions are indeed windows through which to view your soul. And this is, I love this, this is a come to Jesus text, if you will. That is, if you expect to follow Jesus, and this will demand an excruciating examination of yourself, your true intentions, your true beliefs, and on what you stake your relationship with God. She adds that that's why you need people around you who will tell you the truth when they see a disconnect between you and what you say and do. We are all flawed human beings who can hurt each other and misjudge each other and label each other without really knowing each other. Isn't it breathtaking that God still entrusts us with all the greatest divine calling imaginable, namely to exhibit that same patience, unconditional love, and forgiveness he has first shown us in Christ. To show that day in and day out to one another is a high calling indeed. We are, as we know, only human. But Jesus didn't just say that he loved us, and then went about his business. He loved us enough to go to the cross and be pinned down and to die to the other end, to embody our alienation from God and each other, and to restore us to the privileged status of his body now on earth, his church. And so no wonder James is worked up when the church that is forming is already not reflecting any of that precious love Christ gave us, his sacrificial life. As one mission statement says, we are signs of and participants in the inbreaking reign of God in Christ Jesus. We, each of us, we, the church, is meant to be a sign of the in-breaking reign of God in Christ. That's a heavy responsibility. So it behooves us, I think, to work to strive to live together in harmony, in peace, no matter how difficult the issues become that we have to discuss together, no matter what harm has been done in the past, we need to be free to forgive. Not just to talk about Christian love, not to just be hearers of the word, but to actually do it and share it in Christ's fashion. This week on CBS News, 6.30, or last week, I'm not sure, but it's a powerful story that was shared of a little boy who is being indeed a doer 
of the word, considering his very, very sad circumstances. Little Jaden is six years old and has lost his father at four years of age, and now his mother died in her sleep at six years of age, so he is an orphan. We have a little film clip that was on Facebook, my Facebook page, if you want to see it again, but I think Tad has it ready to roll. So let's watch. We end with a little boy with enormous power, the power to lift spirits. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. It is every kid's worst nightmare, and six-year-old Jaden Hayes has lived it. <coughs> Twice. First, he lost his dad when he was four. Then last month, his mom died unexpectedly in her sleep. I tried and I tried, I tried to get her away, couldn't. Jaden is understandably heartbroken. Anybody can die. That's anybody. But there's another side to his grief, a side he first made public a few weeks ago when he told his aunt and now guardian, Barbara DeCola, that he was sick and tired of seeing everyone sad all the time. And he had a plan wow. to fix it. And that was the beginning of it. That's where the adventure began. <laughs> Jaden asked his Aunt Barbara to buy a bunch of little toys and bring them here to downtown Savannah, Georgia, near where he lives. Thank you, sweetie. So he could then... Want me to have it? ...give them away. Thank you, man. What is it you're doing? Well, I'm trying to make people smile. Rubber duckies, dinosaurs. Because those are the things that make people smile. Yeah. And what happens to their face? Really? Really. See that man right there? Jaden targets people who aren't already smiling and then turns their day around. He made me smile. He's gone out on four different occasions now, and he's always successful. It's to make you smile. Even if sometimes he doesn't get exactly the reaction he was hoping for. It is just so overwhelming to some people that a six-year-old orphan would give away a toy, expecting nothing in return except a smile. Of course, he is paid handsomely. In hugs. And his aunt says these reactions have done wonders for Jaden. It's like sheer joy came out of this child. And the more people that he made smile, the more this light shone. Jaden says that's mostly true. But I'm still sad that my mom died. I bet you are. This is by no means a fix. But in the smiles he's made so far, nearly 500 at last count, Jaden has clearly found a purpose. I'm counting on it to be 33,000. 33,000? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big goal. Mm -hmm. You think he can make that goal? Oh, I think I can. I think he just did. Steve Hartman on the road in Savannah, Georgia. That's the CBS Evening News for tonight. Into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. Be doers of the word. Amen.